0: Welcome to The Midline, hosted by me, Haya Ahmed, where I give insight on different topics and social global issues from the perspective of a young Muslim Asian American. In this episode, we're going to talk about intolerance and how it negatively affects the way we grow up and how we interact in society. We're going to split this up into two parts, first addressing and understanding the problem, and then after that, figuring out some ways to solve it or at least work through these issues always feel free to drop a follow on my socials at midline podcast where you can comment share and give new ideas of perspectives for future episodes i would love to hear your feedback and talk about topics you guys are interested in i think a lot of people are familiar with the word intolerant um but to kind of give it a proper definition for those you know for kind of a solid base to start off with Intolerance is the lack of respect for practices or beliefs other than one's own. Or kind of the textbook definition is unable or unwilling to endure, unwilling to grant equal freedom of expression, especially in religious matters, um, unwilling to grant or share social, political, professional rights, all of that. Um, And then I did get a lot of definition for lactose intolerance. So, um, that also helped um but that is kind of what everyone understands with intolerance and we hear a lot of political parties throwing that term at each other um as well you know the intolerant blank intolerant blank um but if we kind of stop looking at it from uh, a kind of a national global scale and start kind of looking at where this intolerance or you know where it really brews from um i think we can really pin it down from it coming within our own household and within our community and um this series so far has kind of gone through the toxic not toxic i hate i really don't like using that word actually because um, i think it's overused but um, you know, the good and bad of different aspects of our everyday life, community, you know, um, our minds, the minds of older generations, all of that. So I think we've kind of hit through all of that to kind of get to one of the things that I feel like this episode um, should have been, if I had started this much earlier, um, aired around election time. That's what a lot of people think of when they hear intolerance or like, Um, you know, all of that, they think of kind of more political or, uh, you know, kind of more of a not, it is, it's a more social thing. I just don't think a lot of people see it as a huge social network of intolerance, intolerance. Um, They see it as, you know, you have a belief and then they kind of all automatically shove it into like a Political or something type of belief. One essentially intolerance is. It's it's not. It's it is a belief, I guess, if you kind of see it. But it's some people take it as a lifestyle, and that's why it's so much harder uh, to grow up and to um, kind of properly integrate yourself in a society that isn't always as ex- accepting because of this intolerance. And I feel like, especially with minorities, a lot of people um have kind of dealt with this type of intolerance for long long periods of time um and i'm trying to bring it to a forefront because it's not really talked about in the smaller scale uh than anything else and again this is this is intolerance from my perspective as a muslim brown american um and a lot of these experiences experiences are going to be really kind of uh pinpointed in their um kind of central story and really specific as to what I've had to deal with what I've seen other people had to deal with um so I do want to start off with that there is a author there's an author sorry horrible grammar there is an author uh, by the name of Robert Spencer. I don't think he's really famous. Um, let me see if I can. Yeah. So he, um, is an American anti-Muslim author, blogger, um, and he is, quote unquote, one of the key figures of the counter-jihad movement. Um, he kind of dis- just apparently, and I'm reading this, um, from what it is. He's 58 years old. He's the Uh, You know in quotes good kind of Islamophobe Um, Apparently he has published Well not apparently I've already known this But he has published two New York Times bestsellers And a lot of them almost Let's see he has quite a few books Um, I think more about 25 ish Maybe something along those lines And a lot of them a lot of them have to do With a lot of anti-Islam propaganda um the truth about muhammad uh islam and the crusades the political politically incorrect guide uh to islam and the crusades um the story of jihad the complete infidel's guide to the Quran. he has so much i think his most recent book is um if i can find it i'm pre- it was comparing the presidencies let me see i can't really Find it. It's it was published last year. Rating Americans America's Presidents, twenty twenty. Um, his oldest book is The Truth About Muhammad, came out in two thousand and six. And the reason why I specifically remember this book is, um, around our kind of community area, um, there I don't know for whatever reason, um, we used to tend to get a lot of random anti-islam or okay anti-islam books or we would get like books by people who claim to be muslim um but they were like promoting a lot of different things and we, i don't know if we still have a bunch of them um but we had a, quite a few um in our garage because you know we never read them because like you know we know the truth um and one of them that did come to our house was the truth about Muhammad which um it's the truth about muhammad the founder of the world's most intolerant religion and i remember when i was kind of figuring out what to do for this episode and you know writing my stuff down i remember remember this the word intolerant and i was like oh my god what why why does that ring a bell and i remembered we had this book somewhere um i don't i i did a lot of research trying to find this guy oh my god um actually not really i just looked up books against Islam and then he was like one of the few people that came up. Um um so this person actually um I had not really not really an argument with not this would not him obviously but somebody else who had also been familiar with uh, Robert Spencer and it the not this particular book had come up um I had not a lot of clue about who Robert Spencer was. I had to do some research while I was arguing with this person. Um, But we were just talking about how, you know, people, a lot of majority people agree that um, people of certain religions are very intolerant or people of, you know, different areas, different backgrounds, ethnicities are really tolerant. Um, And this guy clearly is really obsessed about, um, you know, uncover, quote unquote, uncovering, uh, the truth behind Islam, which I don't, everything's kind of put out there, so it's not going to be that hard to find, but anyways, um, and I, I like reading a lot of the ratings that come with these books as well, because, like, you see a lot of people, like, you know, oh, this is, like, not, not true, manipulated facts, and then there you see this one person be like, and I'm reading this right now, go read it and smash this book on so-called secularists and libernandos, or whatever that word is, um, and i just i always find it funny because uh, a lot of people clearly aren't doing the research on this and again a lot of people would also say that i'm being very biased um in regards to my religion but i think the reason why i actually brought this guy up is because that's the first thing i remembered when um i started doing this episode was about intolerance and i never actually read the book so then again i i can't say much about it other than from the title, and I'm I am judging the book by its cover. From the title, I'm not a huge fan of it, so I'm not, you know, I'm not going to read it. Um, but a lot of people have started leaving their kind of intolerant beliefs behind. I am not agreeing with whatever this guy has said or any of that. But um, what I'm saying is that there are countries, um, and obviously a lot of countries who are seemingly intolerant happen to be uh countries with you know high populations of muslims um because those are the ones that come to the forefront of the media um of course no one ever really talks about you know the other countries other areas that do very similar practices even worse or you know all of that obviously you know it is a bias it is i mean i can't really say it is what it is because that's the whole point of this um episode is to make sure it's not it is what it is but right as of right now we cannot you know do something and fix it in you know a day or two but in the forefront of the media what we usually see are muslim countries countries with high ethnic populations that follow certain religions um that tend to be very uh you know, labeled as intolerant and all that. And I do, I do remember um, also watching a lot of documentaries of like African tribes, like native African tribes that also have not really intolerance, but you know, their practices are much, much more different than, um, you know, I can't even say modern world because that sounds just, you know, as their traditions and they go, they're very, very traditional and all of that. And we know that, and so, for some of their practices to be um, intolerant, or us being intolerant towards their practices, um, that also kind of brings, you know, a forefront. Not particularly in media, but that's kind of what people think of when you hear, you know, places that are intolerant and all of that. So, um, with the huge immigration um, levels of you know, huge immigration levels coming into America and all that. And once people start, you know, trying to fit in and, you know, trying to make everyone who lives here happy so they get a better life and all of that, uh, you kind of see the intolerance kind of bleeding out slowly and slowly by each generation. Um, but it's still kind of practiced. Uh, and again, like I said, it's going to come out throughout generations once, like, you know, everyone gets more integrated in society but um it's still prevalent in earlier earlier um kids adults um and especially those who are immigrants where you know they will be tolerant in in the public society in public society and you know you know talking with others blah, blah, but then they come back home and they come back to wherever they do and then you know they kind of unconsciously spread intolerant views um, particularly about race and religion but since religion is kind of more controversial than race um, I'm gonna stick with the race because I think race is also a little bit more easier to kind of manage especially within households which I said earlier that's kind of the roots of um, where intolerance kind of starts is what you see um, in your households and you know how you've been raised just yesterday actually i was helping one of my friends out with her project and we were going through her lectures like of her professor and we were writing down her questions and answering them um and i was again going through the lecture and this kind of hit me while i was reading this i'm not a huge i mean i like history but i don't like kind of the nitty-gritty of it you know the all the numbers and the statistics and the backgrounds of people i'm not a huge fan i like the kind of overall general thing and how it relates uh, to today's society and all that stuff I enjoy. Um, But this part kind of really struck me and this ties in with how intolerance spreads inside or starts from the household and then spreads through and seeps outside um, into the real world is uh, this particular, this is from history. It's about the free soil, free labor type um, you know acts that were going on there and it was talking about um, Abraham Lincoln and everyone knows him as a person who you know as a president, not person sorry <laughs> president who you know freed all slaves and all of that um but obviously when once people start getting into high school and all of that people start realizing and they learn like in our age we start learning that you know Abraham Lincoln's true purpose wasn't to actually free the slaves that just kind of ended up being a, you know happy consequence type thing and so we were reading this um i was reading the transcript i'm not a huge fan of reading um or watching videos i like just reading a transcript of these videos and so and i have it up on in front of me right now and essentially what it says is that Abraham lincoln lincoln he obviously like i said um he was not you know seeking a way to you know, do away with slavery. Um, he wasn't thinking about taking slavery away at all. Essentially, what his plan was was that you know he wouldn't expand it either, so slavery wouldn't come up into the north, um, into the northern states. But he'll leave it as it is in the south, I and mean, you know how, it, however, it's you know working down there in the south. And you know he didn't like slavery, but he wasn't going to do anything with it. Um, that was for most of his life, that was his thing. He's like, you know, he am not opposed to, you know, doing away with slavery altogether. He's just gonna, you know, leave it as it is. Um, and what my friend's professor was saying was, it may have something, I may have had something to do with his background. Um, he was a Southerner, Kentuckian, apparently, um, and both of his parents were Virginians. And Abraham Lincoln's father had actually, you know, served on the slave patrols of, you know, a county in Virginia before his whole family moved to the Midwest in Indiana. And so Lincoln lived in communities where, you know, there weren't a lot of slaves, you know, no one really heard about slaves or they were very, very rare. And so because of that, he kind of assumed that the problem wasn't really, you know, as prevalent. And even when he grew up and he did, he, it wasn't really in his childhood and his, you know, how he was raised it wasn't something that was really talked about or, you know, brought up, you know, told the right or wrong and all of that. And so because of that, you know, he wasn't really bothered with it. And because of that, he, he tried to avoid taking um, an unpopular stance um, at the time. And I'm kind of quoting this professor, but um, I thought that was kind of cool that I was reading that because I was like, you know, we hear all the time, like, obviously, elementary school, middle school, we hear, okay, we're handling you know, he freed all the slaves, he's such a great person, blah, 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 he tried to stop, you know, people fighting, and you know, he gave everyone equal rights, it's not true, but, and then on high school, college, you hear, oh, you know, he actually didn't want to, you know, he, would, he didn't really care. And so, um, and it wasn't until yesterday I found out that it was actually because of the way he was raised. Um, and I see that so much. I literally see that so much um, in society, even today. And that's how it's so relevant, is because, you know, we all may be, you know, as good, as great, um, you know, loving, accepting with everyone. But, you know, it's because of how we were raised. Sometimes we do have doubts um, in our mind about certain people certain races um we we tend to judge before we think even though um i also did see um a nice post a couple of years ago as you can tell i get around a lot on the internet and learn uh, a lot of different things but um i can't quote it exactly but i really liked it um so somebody had written that if you find that you you're trying not to judge people right um but then you find that you first pass that judgment that you're trying to get away like you're trying not to do so you you know judge the person but then automatically like oh my god i shouldn't think that you know like that's not i'm not trying to judge them that shows that you're being or you're trying to be a better person um and it shows that it's you know you're being a more as this episode is about a more tolerant person than you were before um and so because of that um they're there is improvement and you know people shouldn't just give up like oh you know i'm never going to stop judging others um but it's also with that we kind of have to learn how to spread that to people who are kind of unconsciously unconsciously um putting those intolerant kind of thoughts um you know kind of in the air in our mind all of that um again i will say that there are some things that we should um be intolerant of um you choose well you can't really choose but you you need to understand do your research on what is allowed to be intolerant that made no sense (laughs) what you're allowed to be intolerant of um because there are a few things that you should be intolerant because you know it is not acceptable whatsoever Um, i'm not going to put any specifics in that because you know that is for you to choose but also understand um that you need to do some of your research and some of your own understanding before you are out there and being 100% intolerant about anything or whatever your beliefs are um i feel like though that sentence may be you know may be taken out of context um uh, and kind of used in its own way but i hope whatever you take from that you use in the right way uh, rather than use it to harm others hurt others hurt yourself you know, all of that. Um, but yeah, so a lot of intolerance is kind of brewed from the household or from who you surround yourself with. Not just household. I When I generally mean household, I just don't mean like parents, siblings. Um, I also kind of want to include friends, um, other family members, all of that, because it, it really depends on who you kind of value as like value their opinion whose val- who's opinion you value the most uh, who you look up to and all that and so it's because of that it clearly varies um and then also be very careful as celebrity and um people who have higher social status wise um who exactly you are looking up to and supporting um and all of that because you know, if we get every other day somewhere we see on news uh, or on social media somebody being cancelled or somebody you know something of somebody's past coming up and it really it really for me it breaks my heart especially with a lot of people um, who aren't like big time famous but like you know clearly they've made uh, impact in um, this specific social media that they're part of or you know, community that they're part of, and then somebody does some digging in the back, which I guess is important. But you know, it's come to the point, and this will be in another episode when um, I will be bringing other people um, into, uh, you know, the midline, and you know, having guest speakers and you know, guests come in, and we'll talk about you know, cancel culture more then. Um, but you know, a lot of people, so many people have done so many, I'm, I'm getting off topic, but so many people have done so many different things, different problems have, you know, come up with different issues and all of that, that, and then, and then even after apologizing, it's, it's becoming a recurring situation with some people that with others who are genuinely apologetic, who, um, you know, have grown from whoever they are from the past and they can't be forgiven in a genuine way because they're genuinely sorry about what they've done they can't be because of how we have learned from multiple other people that they don't really care about their apology and their apologies are fake instead of um now with that more people started becoming um intolerant of others um due to you know, their past or um, their, you know, their judge on how genuine other people are. I kind of got a little little off topic, but I brought it in. I brought it in, okay? Um, but because of that, you know, as, and as a lot of people have seen with how Islam is treated with a small group of people, so everyone starts hating the bigger picture. Uh, and this can be said, I'm specifically saying for Islam because, you know, All these terrorist groups that do not represent anything of what the religion is um and has you know brought in you know a lot of shame and um disrespect that unfounded well not unfounded but um you know unwanted or needed disrespect to this religion as a whole which affects so many people um everywhere and we see it on the news and people we try to see it on the news but it's always being covered up but um, we see it on social media and all that and it really really hurts to see what happens because of people who are intolerant people who will not open their minds people who just do not who believe that they're superior in their beliefs than anyone else it's horrible it's actually it's it's horrible to see um and hear and uh, and it's because of that; it's such a huge issue. And so, to wrap up, understanding this problem really, um, intolerance is always, always present in our every day. Not every, no one is one hundred percent tolerant. No one is one hundred percent tolerant of anything. Um, and but with that, we need to understand what we need to be tolerant of and what we need to be intolerant of. Um, and so because of that, it is it is so difficult to kind of discern between what is right and what is wrong because of mainstream ideas, mainstream thoughts um, that tend to be more intolerant than anything. Um, because of that, we think it's right. And we think um, that anyone who's trying to talk for the other side is wrong um, because of how how prevalent being intolerant is and it's with that um that you know even the not particularly the smaller voices but um those who are part of the community that are being intolerated i don't know if that's the right word um who are being shown intolerance um Tend to kind of start isolating themselves from that community because they don't—they don't know how to. They have tried. They have tried to show what's right, what's wrong, and they can't. And so it's easier to just join those who who are intolerant and just kind of, you know, start agreeing with them. And then after that, people start believing against what they used to believe at, at first. Um, and that's where it becomes a huge, huge issue. Uh, and I know a lot of people probably came into this episode thinking I'm going to talk more about like politics and everything. Um, and I will hit on that right here, saying that there are, and I know personally know a lot of people who didn't go out for the wrong reasons, didn't go out and vote for the wrong reasons. Um, and because of that, it really, really made me upset because of especially especially this year and i feel like maybe it's because i wasn't um, on social media as much in the 2016 election but in this election especially i'm um, here in atlanta i mean i saw so so many people like urging every like and especially in this time where you know it's really dangerous to be in close quarters with anyone this this level of the increase of intolerance that was in this country or how Um, at least from my perspective the level of intolerance that was being really prevalent were really prevalent in this country um in this past you know you know four years um and again i am you know indirectly talking about my political political beliefs if you disagree with me um you know all the power to you but in my opinion it was very very intolerant and because of that So many people were willing to put their lives in regards to the virus in danger, just to get people to get to the polling places, you know, to register all of that so they could vote. Um, and it was it it was such a nice group effort to see. I mean, it was very nice. I um saw a lot of people in my community organizing, like um buses and stuff for elderly who weren't able to you know vote by mail and all that um and so many people want to change this and especially of the older generation so many people want to change they want to see the change um and it's because of that that need to see change it shows that they have stopped being as um as intolerant as they were when they had come. and obviously for a lot of people, it's not more about intolerance it's about their direct uh, the direct effects um, or consequences that had happened to them and that's what's you know really provoking them to go out and do what they want. But at the same time, I mean it's it's a lot of people who have realized that what's wrong is wrong. Um, and equality is something that a lot of people a lot of people are having trouble finding. Uh, and had trouble finding and hopefully in the future will be easier to find easier to achieve um it's going to be a slow process a lot of people still don't have a lot of hope with you know all these different political changes um but we're hoping for the best and slowly and slowly as as our generation start growing up and we'll start being less intolerant of, um, you know, the society around us, and understanding properly what is right and what is wrong, um, it'll be a much easier world, hopefully, to live in. Um, and we can always start, you know, uh, back. If we're going all the way back six episodes ago to my first episode, where we say there's no perfect timing for anything. Start when it starts. Okay, just go for it. Throw yourself in it. Don't think. Just do it. Um. That's kind of how I see our generation kind of going, which I really like to see as long as we're safe, but I really enjoy seeing that. Um, But yeah, so that's essentially what the problem is, that we, uh, the society is a very intolerant and especially those around us, um, especially those who we, you know, surround ourselves by, um, specifically people with ethnic background ethnic minority background um there's a lot of intolerance that have built up and that's why um it's kind of difficult to manage yourself in today's especially american society so the next part is finding if not the solution then the steps um on how to lower the intolerance levels, decrease um the intolerance by understanding by teaching by supporting people so um i am going to give one example specifically because i feel like with a lot of people this is relevant um or this specific example is relevant for them is um with parents um ethnic ethnic parents specifically and actually if i'm going to go even more deeper and more narrow um, i will say brown brown parents um again all the love to them all the respect um you know they have done so much to hold up our communities and all of that but at the same time um there is a kind of feeling of superiority with brown parents that kind of needs to be shaken off because it's not I mean, not saying it's not true, but you know, especially with the things that are taught between culture and religion, a lot of them end up kind of clashing. And sometimes culture wins out, and we did talk about this. Sometimes culture wins out when other things should. Um, specifically in Islam, um, for brown people, a lot of culture wins out against what is actually taught in our religion. Um and if I go back to uh, the author Robert Spencer, where um, I, I and I think in one of his books he does talk about how equality is seen in Islam, uh, equality within genders and races. But I'm going to specifically talk about race um, because in race in Islam we're all seen as equal, um, and even socioeconomic um, standards and status as well everyone is seen as equal um i know i'm preaching a little bit here um but to give it everyone is seen as equal okay it doesn't matter if you're poor it doesn't matter if you're rich It doesn't matter if you're black black black, black, black brown white you know purple it doesn't matter um you're all the same we're all started the same way we're all gonna go the same way like we're all gonna end up back in the same place essentially it's what Islam teaches us, but um, in majority brown society, uh, there's kind of a superiority uh, within those um, three categories. And I feel like with a lot of ethnic society as well, Asian society as well, um, in general, as a whole, um, I tend to see a lot of differentiation between race, um, socioeconomic status, and gender roles i think that's a whole worldwide thing but prevalently i see it in asia um which is why america kind of feels or you know talks about it being great because they don't really they're not really vocal about having those standards as well and so they feel like they're better but anyways um so with that a lot of culture kind of plays in with you know having those roles and all that so the one one the immigrants come here and they have their own kids and their own kids start realizing that hey you know everyone is equal um and you know it doesn't matter you know what your status is in this world um in regards to things that you can't really help especially with gen like with with uh gender and um what do you call it and race especially with race um and i'm gonna specifically talk about race in a second but with all of that and people see that hey it's equal and then they see back at home or they see back um in their communities where they feel like oh you know my specific race is my specific this is more um more kind of important or more prevalent than other ones uh, it's kind of like a disconnect um and so it's because of that it's really difficult to you know teach others especially uh, older generations about this but One of the solutions I do see is finding and it's the best way to kind of help them understand is finding those um, areas in which you can pinpoint very good like um, traits of that area, um, such as such as like, you know, what you believe in and whatnot, but whatever good traits that come with that. But with another and I'm gonna specifically talk about race, but with another race. So, oh, like, you know, I'm a brown person, but that white person has done this and this, and that's actually really, really good. Um, or that, you know, black person has also done this and this, and that's even better than what I have done. And you start doing that to show that, you know, whatever, you know, pre you know, pre assumptions that you had about these race, um, or these races, or whatever but I'm like I said, I'm specifically talking about race, but um, you know these type of people that are uh, different than you in you know more physical um, ways appearances um, that they have these things that you also agree with that you also find agreeable with um, and it's with that that I see that a lot of people start kind of like that 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 intolerance starts crumbling like okay you know You know they're not that that's not bad um or all of that we uh, i know that in our community we get really really happy when we see um people who aren't like muslim who start raising things or raising like fundraiser and all that for muslim causes um i think i don't know what state it was in oh it was in texas um you know, a family member that lived there had shared a GoFundMe that a church had actually posted um, to raise money for one of our, one of the mosques in Texas that had um, a water pipe, like, you know, I think it was a rupture or something. And so they had raised um, a lot of stuff in that, uh, in the, in financially. And because of that, so many people were so happy. They're like, wow, like, you know, you know, maybe Christians aren't, you know, and I'm specifically saying Christians because it was in this example, but, you know, like, Christians aren't that bad, you know, all of that. Um, Wow, like, you know, see, they're not, they're not, you know, people that, you know, everyone thinks that, you know, they don't like Muslims and all of that. And so, um, because of that, we start learning, you know, maybe, maybe other people that aren't like us are not as bad as, you know, we were brought up or, you know, thought to be. And so, because of that, um it gets kind of easier to start helping people be become um less intolerant and i think that was my biggest chief solution for that is because from that it starts kind of crumbling slowly and slowly um and also kind of not really involving yourself but you know having connections and friends that are um you know, of that, that have different backgrounds than you do, obviously stay connected with your community, but people who have different backgrounds than you, that you can really heavily rely on. And then you go back and tell, like I said, again, specifically, I'm talking about parents, but any family member and you talk, hey, like, you know, this person, they're such a great person, you know, they help me with this and that or they do this, you know, and I know I can really you know rely on them, they can rely on me, all of that. And then, you know, they find that you know reliability is something that it's something that almost everyone really um depends on which yeah reliable and depending kind of same thing but you know they they if somebody is reliable i think that's a lot of people's chief you know thing when they look into others are you reliable because if you're reliable then you can do a lot of different you will help me i will help you you are loving you are caring da, da, da. and so it's because of that you know when people start seeing that you know, these people of different races, religion, socioeconomic status, you know, genders, whatever, are reliable, then they start having less of a intolerant bias towards them. Um, so essentially my two biggest solutions is um, having people that you can stand by that have differences with you um, and still be able to Um, you know, find your similarities or at least work with your differences and kind of spread that around. Um, And then on top of that, also teaching uh, slowly, slowly showing and teaching those who are intolerant of certain things, um, you know, the the benefit, not the benefits, I guess. Okay, it's not it's not a mutualistic way. It's um, or not. I'm sorry. It's it's not like a business relationship. Um, It's the benefits of I keep saying benefits but of of why there are so many so many different races so many different ideologies and all of that um, and it's because of that um, it it may help others understand to be less tolerant or less intolerant of anything else. Once again, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Midline. I hope that you gained some insight and learned something in this session. As always, feel free to drop a follow on my socials at The Midline Podcast, where you can comment, share, and give me feedback on how I did, anything you want to add to the topic to today, and any new ideas of new perspectives that you would like for me to talk about. I hope to catch you guys in the next episode. Bye.